Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Tonight I want to ask you a question uh, as being... uh, uh, shortly after Christmas, I want to ask you if you've ever received a present that you just weren't really thrilled about receiving. Have you ever gotten one of those? Um, usually you think of Christmas presents and, and, and you think of all the times where you got exactly what you always wanted. You know, you wanted a, a, a new bicycle or you wanted a uh, a BB gun, or you wanted a uh, this, that, or the other, or whatever it is. But it, it let's face it: as we get older, it's harder to buy Christmas presents for our uh, for us, and uh, especially when you have children that don't make money, and and you ask that uh, you know they feel like they need to get you something because they're getting all these gifts and and things, and and so often we get stuff that really is certainly not what we would have picked for ourselves and, and a lot of times it's it's something that that we wish they had not gone to the uh that old that old saying oh you shouldn't have it means so much more oh, you really shouldn't have and uh uh, we we oftentimes uh, get those things and and then have to make a trip to the store and and return it or we uh, you know hoping that they understand or or maybe uh, we keep it because we know they won't understand and so we have you ever had a gift that you hide in the closet and then whenever a certain family member comes over you pick pull it out of the closet and put it out. Maybe I shouldn't ask that. Uh, maybe that's something you don't want to confess to. Uh, a picture or a, a, a vase or something like that. Uh, we had something that was, oh, was atrocious. I can't remember what it was. But we hid it in the closet and, and we waited for that person to come and then we pulled it out and put it out. But Because we didn't want to upset that individual and say, you know, oh, we really don't like this. But... Um, <laughs> We've done that. We've done that. I can't remember what it was, and and fortunately it's long gone, and so I don't have to worry about it. But uh, uh, getting a gift that you really don't like is is hard to deal with sometimes. Uh, imagine being God and getting a gift that He doesn't want. Now I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that tonight. Uh, turn with me to the book of Malachi. It's the last book of the Old Testament. I came across this passage of Scripture in my daily uh, Bible reading, and it just hit me hard. God was hitting me hard with this passage of Scripture uh, because I, I think it has a lot to do with... Uh, it deals with us every single day. And it's a, it's a difficult message to hear. This passage... Uh, this. Uh, book of the Bible was written during the time in which remember you're in your uh, uh, study of Daniel and and Daniel was in captivity with the rest of the children of Israel and the Babylonians had taken them off into captivity and they were uh, there for a number of years and then 
God uh, rose up the Persians. Remember, uh, Daniel gives that prophecy to the uh, to the king of Babylon about uh, that no one could uh, tell him what it meant, and he said, "You know, there's coming one. Uh, you're, you know, your 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 kingdom's going to fall, and it's going to fall tonight." And uh, sure enough, that that very night, uh, the Persians came and killed the king of Babylon and uh, uh, established their own kingdom in its place. Uh, This book was written during the reign of Persia uh, during that time. Uh, The children of Israel were still in exile, but it was the Persians who began to allow the children of Israel to return back to uh, the promised land and to begin to rebuild their nation. And... um, so, and, and Nehemiah is that uh, living during that time of, of them going back. Malachi was written in that interim time as, uh, before they returned to Israel, but uh, soon after the fall of Babylon. And uh, it's written to the people of Israel, but it could very well be written to us to this very day. So I want to share with you what God impressed upon my heart and uh, hopefully it will impress upon you. It says, uh, the uh, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. Uh, And there are many who are question whether or not there was actually a Malachi or if it was uh, Malachi uh, is... uh, means herald and so uh there's question as to whether or not there was actual malachi or or if this was named uh, after the fact that someone was heralding the word of god but whatever it is it's the word of god so we're not going to dwell on uh, whether or not malachi was actual person or not we just know that this is the word of god given to us through and this is an oracle so it's kind of a uh like a prophetic word but it, it Again, all of these things speak to us even to this day. Uh, God tells us in verse 2, I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, uh, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau, and I laid his mountains uh, and uh, his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, We are impoverished, uh, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call him uh, them the border of the wickedness, and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and you shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. A son, uh, all of that is to say, God saying to the people of Israel, I loved you and I have shown you my love. I've picked you, selected you. Uh, All that about Edom and about uh, Esau and Jacob and all that. He's saying, look, I selected you. Uh, I didn't pick Esau, I picked Jacob. Jacob, remember, is uh, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac uh, was the father of Jacob. Uh, Jacob uh, had a brother, Esau. Esau wasn't selected as the... uh, 
uh, uh, one to carry out the, her- the lineage of, of Abraham. It was Jacob. Uh, from uh, Esau came the Edomites. The Edomites said, you know, we're going to flourish. We're going to build up. Uh, talking about how they were going to be. Uh, all of that is saying, they're, they're saying, uh, we're going to be blessed like God blessed uh, Jacob and his descendants. And God said, no, I'm tearing you down. I'm not going to allow you to be uh, blessed like my uh, chosen ones, uh, the children of Israel. And so God is saying, look, I've selected you. I've picked you. I've purposely made you my own. And I lo- and that is my expression of love. And that is, that is true about us. God has said, uh, uh, the Bible says that, uh, that we were uh, destined by God, predestined by God to, to uh, be, become children of God, that God selected us and, and God uh, sent His Son so that we might have uh, the opportunity to accept that gift of, of God's love and to be a part of the family of God. God chose us and selected us and, and, we're, and God expressed His love towards us to give us a Savior uh, and to let us know that we were chosen by God. So God is, is expressing His love. And so often, though, the children of Israel, um, probably during the midst of their exile, as I said uh, when this was written, didn't feel as though they were loved. They felt, uh, most likely, they felt as if God forgotten them, as if God didn't love them, as if God was pushing them away because here they are, they're, they're not in the land of promise that God had uh, uh, promised to Abraham. They're not uh, blessed of God. They don't have a, a mighty kingdom uh, like under the uh, reign of David or Solomon, they uh, they are are in tatters. They're just all strewn about, and yet, and yet God is saying, "Look, I love you. I I want you to understand. Even though you're going through all of this, even though you're enduring these hardships, you need to understand. I love you." And I want you to be a part uh, of that love. And, and God's telling us that today. He loves us. He, he wants us to, he, he, no matter how uh, uh, torn apart we might feel uh, in the depths of our depravity, in the depths of our loneliness, in the, in the depths of our sin, God's still calling out to us saying, I love you. And you need to understand that. He says, but... There's some things you need to get cleaned up. And that's what he's saying to Israel. He said, look, Israel, you know, I love you, but because I love you, I'm going to tell you the hard truth. And, and you know, the truth coming from a relative, somebody that loves you, somebody that's close to you, is not always the truth we want to hear. Um, you know, I love you, but that unibrow's got to go. You know, I love you, but you've got to stop sitting on the couch and eating uh, popcorn and, and getting fat. You've got to get up and start moving around doing some things. I love you, but you've got to do this, this, this. Uh, you've got to stop doing that, that, that. You know, it's hard to hear those words sometimes from the people that we love the most because it can sometimes dig the deepest into us. God says to Israel, look, I love you. I've chosen you. And yes, I have strewn you all about. But there are some things you need to hear. You need to know. 
He says, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. And if then I uh, be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O uh, priests, that despise my name. And you say, wherein have we despised thy name? God's saying to the priest, he's saying, look, you, you need to understand something. In spite of the fact that I love you, you are, you're spitting in my face, in, a, in other words. He says, look, a son will honor his father, a, a, a servant will honor his master, but you're not showing that to me. And, they, and it's kind of like a dialogue between God and the priest. How is it that we've not honored you? Here's God's answer. You offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and you say, wherein have we polluted thee? And, then, then, and that you say, uh, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice... Is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thine governor, and will he uh, be uh, pleased with thee, or accept thy, uh, thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? And now I pray you, beseech God that he will uh, be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means." And will he regard your person, saith the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire on mine altar for naught. And I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hands. Here's what's been happening. In Israel, the priests have not been doing as they've been commanded to do they're they're not offering up the offerings as god demanded them to offer they were instead uh, the the bread offering that they were supposed to offer was supposed to be the first grains and it was supposed to be uh from the first fruits of their uh harvest and it was uh, that grain offering was a specific offering and it was uh, uh given and that bread was to be placed on the table uh, before the altar and and basically they were uh, bringing in day old bread or stale bread not bread that was specifically uh, uh, baked for the offering and the uh, the livestock that were being brought in remember uh, the the lamb that was to be offered was supposed to be without blemish it was supposed to be uh, 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 pure, without any kind of spot or blemish. It wasn't supposed to be lame. It wasn't supposed to be blind. And here God is saying, look, you're offering up uh, uh, sacrifices of animals that are blind and lame. He said, if you gave those kind of gifts to the governor, if you were to offer that kind of gift in terms of taxes or whatever uh, to the governor, would he accept those kind of uh, as payment? God says, and yet you're offering that on my altar. How, uh, this is how you are profaning the altar of God. And God says, look, it's, 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 it's so bad that we might as well close the doors and just shut the door 
and no longer allow offerings to be made. If you're going to make those kind of offerings, just shut the door. I don't even want them any longer. He says, look, don't even uh, burn the fire upon the altar if those are the kind of offerings that you're going to bring. How often is it that we bring an offering to God and it's our least than best? How often is it that we say here in the church of, uh, that God has called us to be a part of, oh yeah, I'll be a part of, of doing service to God, but yet we never go out and do what we've said we would do. You know, those are offerings to God of offering our time and our talents, our abilities, our gifts. And yet we, we come begrudgingly to the church to go out on visitation. Or we come and we go see one person and then we come back and we say, oh, we visited. And so we go on home. Or we go out and we talk to people, but we just talk about, hey, how you been doing? You know, we really would love to see you come to church. Not once share the gospel. We're giving an invitation, but an invitation to what? We're giving our less than best. We're doing less than what God expects. We're offering on the altar an offering, but it's not nearly what God calls of us to give. And we're... God says, it is defiling my altar. It is disgracing the altar of God. How often is it that we think that, oh, okay, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I I came to Sunday school. When we should be inviting others to come with us. Inviting others to, to come and hear the gospel message. Inviting others to know Jesus as their Savior. You know, uh, if we were out, each one, going out, reaching someone else, then guess what? We would have an opportunity to bring that person to come and to be here at church the next Sunday. But the reason we're not bringing in new people is because we're not going out sharing the gospel. We want to say, well, people have grown indifferent about coming and worshiping God. But the one who's really become indifferent is us. We have grown apathetic to reaching others. We've grown apathetic to bringing the type of uh, offering that should be brought Verse 11 says, From the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place, incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. But you've profaned it in that you say the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even His meat, is contemptible. And you said also, Behold, what a uh, weariness is it. Ye have snuffed at it, 
saith the Lord of hosts. And ye brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, saith the Lord. God says, hey, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to go out and reach those people who aren't the ones that you... If you're not going to go out and be my people, I'll go out and get the rejects. I'll go out and get the those rejected by the world, those who are discarded by the world. I'll bring them in and I'll make them my people. You know, Jesus gave this very same message in a parable of the wedding feast. He said, look, I, uh, uh, there was a great man who, was, who gave a, had a wedding feast and he uh, sent out invitations to everybody. Hey, come on in. Uh, the time for the feast is at hand. The wedding feast is, 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 is here. And some said, well, you know, I, I, I would come, but I've got uh, business to take care of. I, I would come, but I, I can't. I've got to take care of this and do that. They all made excuses to come to the wedding feast. And so when no one arrived, the, uh, the, the master of the feast, the Lord of the feast, sent out servants to get to the highways and the hedges to get anybody and everybody who would come. And they went out and searched and got all those who were out uh, on the highways and byways to come in and to be in the wedding feast. You know, God wants us but if we're not going to accept Him, He'll go out and find others who will accept Him. And we sit there and we say, you know, well, you know, we can't possibly do that. We can't go out and do these things. It's just not, we just can't do it. And yet, God says, look, this, my name will be great. And I will be praised. I will be worshipped in the way that I've called you to worship me. And if you're not going to be those people, I'll find someone else. I'll bring in those who've rejected me before. I'll bring in those who've been rejected by others. And they'll be my people. Verse 13 says, you, you say it's wearisome. Oh, it's so difficult to go out. I don't want to go knock on a door because I don't want someone to slam it in my face. God says, no, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to give an offering that is worthy of God. When you give of yourself, when you profess to be a, a child of God, you profess to, to live and to serve Him, to take up the cross and follow Him. Not take up the cross and follow Him if, if your nails are done drying or if you feel like doing it or if you don't have anything else to do. You are called to take up the cross and follow Him. to be His people, to give the offering that He demands of us. And so often we talk about the free gift of salvation, but there is an expectation from God that we be His people. 
and that we are His children in obedience. You know, you love your child with all of your heart. And when they do something you don't approve of, you still love them with all of your heart. You might not be pleased with them. You might not have a lot of good words to share with them because of your displeasure, but you still love them. They're still your children. And you still hope that they would do what you've asked them to do or what you expect of them. And you're pleased if they come to you later and say, you know, you were right. I was wrong all along. I understand why you wanted me to do that. And I am sorry that I did those things. And I'm sorry I told you those things. And I'm sorry I treated you that way. Would you please allow me to still make it up to you? And you wrap your arms around them and you cry on their shoulder and you say, I've loved you all along and I'm so happy that you've come back into the fold. That's God with you and me. He loves us and He wants to see us doing as He's called us to do. He still loves us even in spite of the fact that that we're in tatters. Remember, He said at the beginning of the chapter, I love you. You need to understand that. But I, I still hope that you would offer the sacrifices I've called you to offer. Offer your best. And the new year as we begin, instead of just getting by and doing what is expected... God's calling us to do our best. Give our best offering on the altar. In the new year, instead of just simply studying the night before your Sunday school lesson, let's commit to to studying our lesson all week long and being prepared for Sunday school and, and inviting other people to come, not just simply thinking that we've done something worthy of a gold star just to show up on Sunday, but making sure that we go out and tell others, hey, you need to come to know Jesus as your Savior. Hey, you, you know, if you want to grow in Christ, there's a wonderful thing that we've got at our church called Sunday School where you're able to sit down and study the Bible through methodically and ask questions and talk about it and discuss it and get to know the Bible so much more, you need to come and be a part of that. You know, we have a great, wonderful time of worshiping God. Won't you come and be part of that worship with us? We know you're a child of God, and we hope that you'll get back in the right relationship with God and and come and worship with us and, and lend your talents and lend your gifts. You know, if we would do just a half of that, just a part of the time, a fraction of the time, think of the impact it would have on this church. And on our worship. You know, a lot of times we come in here and it's hard to be worshipful, but it's so much easier when we have a reason to be worshipful. Hey, we're here to celebrate what God has done in this person's life because they've accepted Jesus as their Savior. Let's all rejoice! It's so much easier to to worship God when we have stories like that to share. But if we're not out witnessing to others, we won't find people to lead to Christ and we won't hear those stories. So as we finish out the year, 
Let's start thinking about what we do for the next year. Let's give our best to God. Let's give what God expects of us. Let's do what God intended for our church to do. Let's be the people God's called us to be. Let's pray.